All right, back to part two. Hey, Jeff, I was going to ask a question. Do you ever get any people that are visually impaired with your, in your in your gyms? Um, I would have to ask the boys there. So I'll tell you a story though. There used to be a blind uh, wrestling club. I guess it's visually impaired now, but when I was a kid, there was a blind club in outside of Montreal, and uh, those kids were pretty tough. We, you know, in the eighties. We always kind of dreaded wrestling because some of these guys were pretty good at throwing <laughs> and they usually launched. They, they got a hold and you had to maintain contact, right? Like yeah. you couldn't break contact and shoot or anything. But my understanding is they created a visually impaired league and uh, that sort of, which is, I, I mean, I think that's great. But at the same time, it was some of that crossover culturally that was really important at the time. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, but I'm sure we we probably have. I just haven't been around the club in Toronto lately. I've been down here for six months. But uh, okay, cool. Do you guys uh, like your school in Toronto? Your boys do they uh, set up any things for like going to different high schools or any uh, uh, brochures or whatever? Yeah, you know they they uh, they coach they coached last year the program at Woburn Collegiate and also at Neil McNeil. Uh -huh. So yeah, uh, I coached myself at Neil McNeil for about a decade. And uh, my, my stepfather actually was in the first graduating class from that school back in the early. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, both my stepson and my son uh, went to Neil McNeil. And uh, so they know the staff there and, and they asked them to come in and sort of do a couple days of uh, phys ed classes and introduce, right? They do a sort of, you know, segment uh on, on wrestling and then, and then a lot of those kids will come out to the club and they'll run the program that way That's um, good. yeah you know what it's an easier way to support it from a community uh on a community basis it you know it's the only way to scale too it's very hard to sort of send a coach a community coach or club coach into the school system you know it, it when it does work it's awesome but the problem is um you know principles change you know, directional sort of mandates from the, the board, from, you know, the teachers unions, this stuff is always very fluid and it's hard to fight, right? Yeah. So it's it's it, and probably pointless to fight it. So it's easier to just sort of say, hey, look, you want a program? Send your kids here. We'll, you know, coach them, uh, you know, at the level they need to develop. And uh, if need be, come out and observe your whole sort of school team developing here and they're going to get better anyway. Are they going to have I'm asking, in Toronto? In Toronto, do they only have uh, high school uh, wrestling, or they're not grade school wrestling, right? You know what? They we're down there. I have the stats. It, back in the eighties, there were five hundred plus high school wrestling programs in Toronto. Okay, yeah. Basically, every Catholic school had a program. Yeah, a, So yeah. the real problem now is that I think, like citywide in the GTA, I think there may be ten programs, which is kind of depressing. So that's it's. Yeah. It's a shadow of its former self. And, and they're fighting a lot of um, a lot of factors, right? So it's just, you know, it, the sport was destined to go the club direction, the professional direction. It, this happened with gymnastics back when the earth was cooling. Right? <laughs> it, it stands to reason that all combatives would go that direction too. Yeah. Let me ask you, when you watch the Olympics and you see our, like, we know we have, our, all our Canadian teams have to qualify to go to the Olympics, right? 
So when yeah. you see her, when you see her, like our gymnastics team, and uh, I think I see more gymnastics than wrestling. Right? No, 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 wrestling was more. We always see it here in Quebec. In Quebec, they always air the wrestling shows in the Olympics, like compared to like CBC here in in uh, Toronto. We we're talking about that earlier, you know, portion that doesn't get like if yeah. I go to and lips, I can watch wrestling and judo and all martial arts there all the time. Yeah, they, you know. CBC, the French CBC is much better at covering yeah. combatants uh, in the Olympics. You know, there, there's a strange thing sort of occurring in media, as you know, like look at the discussion we're having, right? Like this would have been not possible, you know, 15 years ago, uh, even 10 years ago, probably. But, um, you know, because of the change in the media, some of them have been positive for, for um, the dissemination of information. Uh, others have been less positive. And I think this is true regarding international high performance sport because the networks carry it so infrequently. How do people learn about it? Whereas yeah. in the States, you're inundated with it, but you, it's also who's being inundated with it. It's all the same people who always watched it. So now you have, you have these specialty channels that carry all the NCAA sports. So wrestling is in there. It's, it's very, um, you know, very much a centrifugal kind of force for you know the sport. Uh, they they care much less about the Olympics and more about getting a free education in a Big Ten school or Ivy League school. Hey, that's cool. So Canada is very much uh, behind the times on this stuff. Um, you know, our universities offer very very you know very much a pittance in terms of scholarships. Uh, my own son had a couple of scholarships and still just it was. It's you know when you can get like a, a, uh, like like rugby right like rugby you now it's still like I would say fair to you to Canada but still we're getting more more coverage but not as like before like you know we have a, we have I think, yeah I think I think it's good for the people who are in it because they have options yeah. to watch yeah how do you get new eyeballs yeah and th th this is the thing we're terrible at market wrestling yeah like it, when I'm downtown I always get free tickets I'm on yeah this is the thing because like, the, the, stage, the stadium's not too far I actually missed an opportunity to go see the uh, isn't it actually was it, it was only covered the news because the Australians are coming? The um what do you call them? I forget the name of the team in Australia. Yeah. No, sorry, no, um New Zealand. They do yeah. the they do the Mar the, the Mari dance, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they came to face our guys. The, the all blacks, the all blacks. Yeah, the all blacks, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish I missed I had to go do something. I missed that opportunity. I had a free ticket for a couple of them. I would have uh, just to go see that, you know. Yeah, but that was well, only well, it was only on TV because it was because of them, yeah. right? Well, rugby sort of has I, I gotta I gotta explain to you what's actually happening here because it's very relevant what's happening in Barbados around beach wrestling and the question you're asking. Um, rugby has the advantage of the pub culture behind it, right? All throughout the British Commonwealth, there's a very sort of public culture. Everybody goes to the pub, they have a pint, they, they watch a rugby game, watch a football game. They, well, wrestling hasn't had that advantage. What we can take advantage of is the beach. So, so this is something that's sort of growing. Uh, it's a growing movement founded by a couple of Americans who got UWW, United World Wrestling, to take notice and start this beach circuit worldwide. Uh, but what's what's really happening in the Barbados Open is a beach centered beach-centric uh, beach wrestling tournament. Uh, the idea is to make people, you know, think about beach with the wrestling. Because the beach is a much friendlier environment. It's much less monkish, right? You, you know, it, there's no protest in beach wrestling. You lose and you want to make an argument about a point with the official, go take it for a beer afterwards. Right? Yeah. Like, it's a it's a much less monkish environment and it's meant for 
it's meant for eyeballs and drawing crowds and spectators. And it's an amazing thing because usually with a wrestling tournament, it's in some dour, stinky gym. And it's <laughs> walking around with hoodies. It's almost it's almost uh, monk-like. Right? It's, you can hear the <laughs> chant in the background. Right? Whereas, you know, that, that can be very intimidating for a young kid. You know, you, you know I've made the mistake of taking young kids out to watch senior-level level tournaments, and they're like, yeah, I'm done with the fans. Because <laughs> it's not very inviting, right? Whereas the beach is a family environment. There's, like, a lot of fun. How many people are playing other sports? This is what they did with volleyball. When you hear volleyball now, as a word, yeah. That's like, what do you think about? You don't think about a jet, you think about the beach, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. They, they really took 20 years to, to you know, 20 years ago, they kind of made that change. You know, there's still be there's still like volleyball in the gym, but what, it, what is it that people want to watch? It's, it's the stuff on the beach, right? It draws eyeballs, it's, it's more marketable. Uh, and this is one of the things we're hoping with Barbados is to, to really draw more crowds, more spectators, and uh. Beach wrestling has a lot of promise that way. It really does. When you talk about like beach wrestling, I just don't let the audience know is is it it's not mats, it's all sand, right? It's all sand, yeah. So yeah. so what they do is they rake the sand out before, obviously, of foreign objects. And then <laughs> uh, they they use a uh, it's a, a three meter diameter uh, circle. It's done with a rope, and that's put through a, a swimming noodle, a foam noodle. So that you know it doesn't you don't get injured if you get tossed on it or whatever, and uh, it's very simple. The rules are simple. Uh, very very very. You know that's one of the things I really like about it. You know wrestling is very technical, and when you get into parterre or ground wrestling, this is where a lot of people who would otherwise do well at grappling get mangled. Right? They get <laughs> it's very hard to teach it. You know there's there's some more judgmental like issues like did their back break ninety degrees or. You know, like, did they score two or not score two? These types of things are taken right out of beach. It combines freestyle and wrestling, or Greco, such that it's just the right combination of upper and lower body attacks. If you drop a knee into the sand and you don't attack and finish the move, you give up a point to your opponent. Uh, because of that, you mostly see leg attacks at the zone, right? Because that way, that way you're less likely to give up a point if you fail on the shot. So, you know, and it encourages throws, which are really spectacular in the crowd. It's more of a crowd pleaser, right? <laughs> so they, they really thought about it and combined freestyle and Greco for some simplified rules, no parterre, no ground wrestling. Obviously, you're in the sand, like, you know, um, and, uh, and it's very simple. It's three points and you're done. So you, you, you uh, one throw, one big throw, high amplitude, it's over. So, um, with those simplified rules, this tournaments go a lot faster. It's just a lot uh, more fun for the competitors, and it and it's really meant to kind of draw eyeballs, draw attention, and be more marketable. So more boys and uh, the girls, or young men and young uh, and young ladies. Yeah, it's it's it, you you do have you know uh, divisions uh, by sex, and the weight classes are also simplified. So you basically got two smaller weight classes to larger weight classes in both male and female. And then what happens is, is the crossover at the end of the tournament, they usually have the champion of champions. So they'll, they'll have like a semifinal between the two smaller weight classes, a semifinal between the two larger weight classes, and then a, a, a final, a grand champion who's crowned uh, as the winner when the, you know, after that. So, 
So the very, it's a very interesting way to uh, to do it, and it, it does it does kind of amplify the excitement quotient, right? You talking like like two different weight classes, like say the semis and the heavier weights. The final will the final will be the two. So two you could be the champion of your weight class. Yeah. Right, and then and then lose to the the smaller weight class in a semi before the yeah. grand championship. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a very clever way of of um, uh, inspiring more involvement, more registration, more competition, and it's just meant all around to be a lot more fun. And and the Barbados Open, I have a lot of images and video. Uh, if if you'd like to review any of it after, but, you said uh, you sent me you sent me some uh, pictures of two women, two young girls wrestling. Yeah, that yeah, Rebecca Williams, uh, who who uh, is yeah, she's she's doing a throw in that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she's she's our athlete that's in Toronto right now, and um, she's uh, her coach is a woman by the name of Yaima Payne, who's a Cuban um, athlete who come coach uh, who's. Uh, who married a Beijing guy and emigrated to Barbados many years ago. But um, anyway, she's in Toronto now, uh, Rebecca, uh, for a three-week camp with our club in Toronto. So we're, we're really happy about that. She's, she's coming along uh, nicely. And, um, you know, so I think we're only at day two, but I, I've, I've seen some video of her uh, wrestling with kids at the club. She's, she's really uh, evolving already. You know, as an athlete, which is good to see because, you know, these these athletes who are stuck on 166 square mile island, how do you develop, right? Like apart from yeah, you're saying you're, fitness, you're, that, like you need that combative sport, athletes need to compete. They need to train with other, you know, sparring partners. And so this offers her that opportunity. Rollins and uh, Yaima were really uh, uh, forward thinking in, in setting this up. So like on your in your 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 school you set up in Barbados, when there's competition coming up, will it just be between in the island or will you have like other islands or other I think they, yeah, so so Rollins is pretty good about uh, you know, he's trying to build the uh, the sort of combative sports support for wrestling uh, island wide, right? And uh, outside of the island, other islands. Uh, you know, he had some athletes in for the Barbados Open from uh, Florida, from Jamaica, Trinidad. Um, he's uh, was was there, was there anybody? There wasn't anybody from Martinique this year, but there was last year. So he's pretty tight with those other federations, and they're good about attending each other's tournaments to develop the sport. Have you seen any other? Uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I think again, it's one of those things where. The beach side of it makes it more marketable and fun, yeah. right? And all these same athletes train on that as well, but the beach is more of a draw. It's like, hey, if there's some prize money and some, you know, I'll, I'll go try it out, right? And, and you get a lot of MMA athletes. You know, the truth is I'm seeing this happen at home, less with the beach, although there isn't a beach tournament at, at Turkey Point at home in Canada. But I, you're seeing it in the takedown tournaments that they're having. A lot of times these days at home, they're having like tournament on Saturday, wrestling, freestyle wrestling tournament. But then on a Sunday, they'll have a takedown tournament. And you see a lot of MMA athletes registering for that to get their, <laughs> yeah, because there's no parterre, right? In a simplified rule. So, you know, it, it, it's just a lot easier than, than wrestling. Some, some guy who's been wrestling for 20 years 
and he's going to mangle you on the ground. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, he's, he's going to make sure you don't get up, right? He wants to, <laughs> he wants to win by technical superiority once he scores one takedown. Whereas the takedown tournament allows for, okay, it's a takedown, stand up. Yep, you know, it, it gives you a chance to still compete, right? Yeah, so they got the MMA guy trying to take the guy down with his background skills or whatever? Yeah, be, yeah, because the MMA doesn't have parterre either, right? So why do they want to learn parterre? And it, and the whole parterre learning process is very uh, long and steep. Like it, it, it's it's hard to teach somebody how to like it, it's fun stuff. It's a great part of wrestling, uh, but if you're never going to really compete at a high level in wrestling, why do you need to know it? Like you just need the takedown skills, right? Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. takedown <laughs> tournament draws a lot more. Um, sort of uh, recreational athletes and athletes interested in other sports like BJJ, MMA, uh, judo, right? Like these these are athletes that are, you know, maybe cross-training. They want some other combative experience and the takedown tournaments allow them to do that. Whereas, you know, they enter a wrestling tournament to get taken down and then a guy texts them, you had your 30 seconds of fun <laughs> right like what did you pay 50 bucks or 100 bucks in the tournament for you know what i mean like it's it's not it's not in the takedown tournaments are a lot more fun and they're drawing more eyeballs in the same way beach wrestling is is trying to add a whole new dimension to it so you're opening your school in january right? just coming in is your official opening yeah we well I'm, the landlord's still making some changes it's actually outdoors we're putting yeah. some house with a tent over top um but he's still making some changes we're targeting mid mid january so cool yeah so you see the you see the i was thinking feature the head like you get successful with this school in barbados you should be moving to others creating other schools in the islands different islands or even further around or what you know rollins and i talk about that all the time and uh he is a big fan of doing that like trying to do the same thing in grenada and saint vincent and and uh, saint lucia um, Martinique, he has some contacts in these islands and, uh, and he's, I call him the Rosetta Stone of Barbados because he's connected to like everybody. And, you know, I mean, sometimes there's just community based guys who are like that. They know everybody, they know all the politicians, they know all yeah. the decision makers, all the corporate guys. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things that you only have those contacts if you grew up in a place. Right. And, uh, he, he is a, you know, lifelong Bajan. And um, so we talk about that stuff a lot. And I do think he's, he's a very uh, um, community-based, cordial, uh, friendly guy, pretty gregarious, right? So um, people like him. And I think you need that kind of personality type to try and rally the troops in terms of, you know, votes in the UWW and you get like, you know, one vote per island or whatever. I don't even know the political structure. He knows it much better than I do. But the point is, he's trying to create a sort of um, um, an alliance of you, if you will, of combative sport in the Caribbean amongst the English-speaking countries, plus some of the French-speaking countries as well, yeah. because the Latin American countries massively outnumber us, right? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, they they uh, they have kind of a lock on the talent pool for like. So we're, we're trying to develop it differently and say, hey, you know, if we vote as a block in the English-speaking and French-speaking Caribbean, it can give us a leg up developmentally. We can get the international body to sort of pay some uh, some attention to to our uh, our junta. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
that's funny. What's that? Yeah, uh, got the Prometheus behind you. What is that? Yeah, sorry, that's my uh, software development company. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Been around for a long time. For almost, I think it's thirty years we've been around. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Different cool. Uh, instantiation, but all, all the same guys, same uh, group of software developers, and uh, it it actually is the thing that allowed me to build the you know the club in Toronto. It's the it's the largest shareholder in the club actually, and and and, and down here. It's uh so it's at the it's kind of appropriate. That it, <laughs> I didn't think to change the background, but it is sort of <laughs> the of all of this. I was gonna ask you, um, I don't the uh, when you're working in another country, what's the rules about the like immigration wise? You can only stay in the country for so long, and they can go back to Toronto or whatever, or back to Canada. Yeah, so there's a lot of debate about that stuff. I think you're supposed to return every six months if you plan okay. to keep all your sort of um, healthcare and all that stuff. I have private health care anyway, but the, the, the truth is, um, yeah, there are residency rules that you need to sort of, you know, comply with. And then, you know, at some point, like I always plan to move down here anyway. So at some point I will become permanent resident and they typically sort of, you know, I, uh, you know, once you've been a, a, you know, a good sort of citizen while here, they, they usually sort of stamp your work visa for another year and, you know. I asked because I, uh, I had a funny scenario. I asked that question. When I got on the forces, right, after so long, I went to go get a new uh, health card. The, the old health card, you were updating the health cards. I had the old red and white one, the old oak one, whatever. So yeah. I went to go apply it, right? And because I had, in the military, I'd been away for two years, right? I hadn't come back to Canada. So yeah. that's why I asked the question. So when I went to get my, my uh, health card, they wouldn't give it to me, right? They said, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't have any, I didn't have any income tax done, like any receipts of income tax, right? I didn't have yeah. any. Uh, I had a Mastercard, a Visa card. I had my military yeah. ID because they have a list of things they accept. Yeah. So I got denied that. I had to get, I had to prove where I live because I only moved out of the uh, base, right? It was yeah. weird. It's like, and yeah, then, it's, it's, it's strange. strange. Yeah, and and, and, it, and it actually like, doesn't surprise me that. Yeah, it was so funny. It. That's why I asked that question. Yeah, so they, yeah, they. So I had, to, I had to, I had to, I had to find proof. It's funny. I had to find proof yeah. that I was. Been living in Canada like last all my life, but I've been away in the military for two years. That's in between, like that's the last yeah, two years. I have, I have a similar kind of funny story about that because I don't think I used my health card. Yeah, this is about three and a half years ago now. I I I, I hadn't used my health card, if you can believe this, for eighteen and a half years. I so when I went to actually use it. Yeah. They they looked at my passport and and I traveled a lot as a coach and and with my son and other national team members and you know I and and also for work right like I just been all over the world and they looked at my passport and they're like there's no way this guy's resident here <laughs> I've never been resident anywhere but Toronto and, you know. And and I was like, well, what do you mean? And they were like, this guy clearly he's been living outside. <laughs> did the they give you? Did they give you and, a? Did they give you a code on your? Like, this, like they give you a yeah, code, the, right? The joke. The joke yeah. was that I had never, like, I'd always paid taxes. Yeah, yeah. eventually, <laughs> and they're like, oh, this guy's he's clearly like no way. <laughs> so my lawyer, honest to God, this is true. I, I had to sign like a uh, what is it like an affidavit or a stat deck of some kind. And she had to represent that it was true. She was like, well, yeah, I'm his lawyer. I'm based in Toronto. It's not like a, you know, he's not, he's not a non-resident or, you know, anyway, it was a ridiculous, completely ridiculous thing. 
Yeah, because I went uh, to the uh, I went to the uh, driving center the first one, right? The guy, the guy was a prick. He says, uh, "Don't worry, we'll get it all figured out." Meantime, he'd actually put a code on my on my from because it comes from Ottawa. He said he put a code like someone reliable. The number was he said, yeah. "Red zone, red zone." Okay, you got to go to the head office, which is down in Lawrence, the main office. I went down and the guy's, "Buddy, why do you put a code? Why do you put a code? You put a what do you put the code? He he put a yeah. stop on your thing for uh, getting processed yeah. from Ottawa. You're kidding me, yeah. right?" But here's, yeah. my, here's my where's my military ID? What do you want? Yeah, yeah. Now, now they got like yeah. a secret file on you at Ottawa. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. <laughs> cool. I had to I had to get approved from my landlord. I had to get a catch a right yeah. out that I've been here for about a couple of months. Now I'm renting. Then I had to. Uh, then they wanted to get uh, information from my uh, my bosses for the military. So I had to get my national defense, which is the main number, right? Yeah. And then you got asked for the you got asked for the officer in so and so base. It was real brutal, right? So it was just yeah, funny. No, listen, yeah. it's it's. It doesn't. Also, doesn't surprise me. As embarrassing it is, as it is, it doesn't surprise me. I thought like, like an alien coming to my back, my own country. Like, what it doesn't surprise me that they they do that to a member of the military either. It's embarrassing. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's because embarrassing. ID is not. It's on the list of uh, ID acceptable. Military is not on there. But, which you know, this this is uh, maybe somebody yeah. should mention. Yeah, people nodding, people nodding, like yelling, yelling at the, you're yelling at the guy, like buddy. They're like swearing. The guy served the country. Give him his ID. Give him his yeah. ID. Give him you, his you would think, can you imagine them doing that in the States? It would just be a, it, it would be considered a complete embarrassment, an utter embarrassment. They make an ABC movie the week of it. Yeah. No, for, like, listen, in, in Canada, you know, Trudeau's basically made a religion of disrespecting the military. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We had a couple of guys in the audience in Ottawa single them out and ask them that what you know what their benefits and all that stuff. Yeah, it's just uh, he caters to the uh, the newer generation than the old generation. It's like our generation, we did a lot of stuff that's called extra duties, right? We never got paid for it. But now the new generation, for every little thing they do, they get a couple hundred bucks here. So back yeah. then they don't recognize what we did, like putting our life on the line, doing different like, things we can't even talk about up to this day. And it's it's all listed on restricted orders, but you yeah. can't even talk. So back now the new guys, new the new this generation, anything list they get extra, they get benefits or whatever they else. Like it's ridiculous, you know. Seriously, <laughs> you know, just funny the way it works. But that's Trudeau, right? Nothing against Trudeau, but you know, you screwed up our military. Get more benefits yeah. for the uh, vets. I was gonna ask you, do you um, as as you uh, are you self employed, right? Yeah. So how does it work for your health wise, insurance wise? Does does the Canadian? I, I have to buy private insurance. I have private insurance basically. So yeah. if I, I'm out of country, but ultimately, if I become a non-resident, which I do plan to do at some future point, but I haven't done it yet, um, then I'll have completely private healthcare. And and you know typically that's that's pretty expensive, but at the end of the day, you get. Like, I don't know, I, I'm not here to sort of denigrate the Canadian healthcare system, but having dealt with it a bit, my mother having dealt with it a bit recently, it's maybe yeah. not what it once was. And, uh, you know, you uh, if you have the right healthcare, you basically, you know, they, they fly to, to Miami and, uh, I you know, there, there are much better hospitals in Southern Florida than they are, there are anywhere in Canada. Does the, uh, uh, Canadian, uh, the Canadian, Canadian uh, medical cover you? Well, I guess you're busy enough. It covers you out of province for a period of time. I'm not sure what that is, but again, I have private health care anyway, so it's you know it's something that you have to think about for sure. But yeah. it, it's there are ways of of dealing with it, and I know lots of Canadians here, some resident, some non-resident Canadians, like but it and some Brits. Um, and and the Barbados healthcare system is not bad. Like I, it, 
for the islands, pretty pretty damn good. You know? if, you become, uh, if you become a non-resident, can you can you actually get that kind of coverage from from uh, Barbados? If you become a resident there. Yeah, so I mean, I would say the Barbados healthcare system is is decent, but like you know, you want something like an MRI, or you want some surgery, or they need some, you know, like probably heading to South Florida is a better option. <laughs> so yeah. if you have private healthcare, like that, that's clearly going to be a, a better path. Uh, but that said, like I, you know, I wouldn't say that you know the Barbados healthcare system is that deficient when compared to the Canadian one. You know, like they have a pretty good healthcare system. I was gonna I got a question to ask you. I just thought about this about podcast. I got my podcast here. I went to a podcast uh like a meetup a symposium of all these fellow podcasts in Toronto. So because I've been over years my my show, I got on a list of registered podcasts. Yeah. Never knew. So they gave me this invitation. It was great. I thought it was like a joke. So I went to this thing like two weeks ago it was amazing about all these fellow podcasts. I went to this whole list of like thousands of podcasts and it's growing, right? And one yes. thing I didn't see was wrestling. So I was going to ask you, you ever thought of doing your own podcast, like maybe the weekly or monthly wrestling Yeah, you know, podcast? it's very funny you should mention that because, you know, it, it is such a, a, a big deal these, day, po these days. Podcasts are how information is being disseminated, right? Yeah, like the Zoom so, thing, right? Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I have the time for it. However, would I hire a kid who is sort of media savvy and the uh, good with technology to do it. I would hundred percent. And, and, uh, it's funny because I was speaking to my lawyer about this recently because she, uh, she has a client who just bought a facility. Um, it's actually an event facility. It's an old church. And they were asking us about doing events. there, like tournaments, maybe BJJ and wrestling tournaments. And, uh, we love the venue. We'd actually looked at acquiring it years ago. And coincidentally, another client of hers, uh, procured it. But uh, we're looking at it, and, and the owner, the new owner's son, is a is a podcaster. So we oh, were thinking, really? talking to him and saying, "Hey, you want? Why do you cover, you know, uh, freestyle Greco and beach wrestling by, you know, sort of, um, you know, partnering with us? We'll give you lots of content." That's and cool. So I think that discussion hasn't really. Well, yeah. I had it with my lawyer, and I think she's having it with with the, the, this uh, family that, that uh, owns the property. I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. When you said church, I was thinking of wrestling in the pews and all this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny because it's a, it's a large, <laughs> it's an old, uh, I don't know if it's a Baptist church, it's quite large. It, it is in the East End, but it, it ceased being a church a long time ago. And uh, it's changed hands a couple times now, but, uh, but it's a great uh, event venue. It's huge. And because, you know, wrestling, you know, freestyle wrestling in Greco in particular, both the two of them, the two Olympic style, styles, and hopefully beach becomes one too. It requires a lot of clear span space, right? So you need no posts to get that 40 by 40 mat surface in. And a church is actually perfect, right? Because they're, you know, you've got a lot of clear span space. But yeah, like a lot of these old churches, like I go to like, when you go down their basement, then they even have sub-basements, they're very yeah. bogus. There's one down yeah. the road called Precious Bud. It's, it's an underused basement, it's, it's yeah. big. Really, they have, they have an accessible part. It's a bit of a bit of a stretch, but and they're great. Like like yeah. like hockey arenas, they make great oh, yeah, yeah. venues. Yeah, yeah. Canada is lucky that way because it has a lot of structures like that. But down here, uh, it's a little tougher. But um, you know, it's uh, the beach is also very accessible, so it's give and take, right? Yeah, I thought of a good logo for you as your Catholic. I have a logo of God fighting with Abraham wrestling. 
in the Genesis. <laughs> you know your Genesis, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I was just reading that the other day. I was I'm going to the Bible again. I go back and play. Oh, I, I read every when I started. I read every. It takes like three, three years to read the Bible, so I'm on the part of Genesis again. So before he uh, before they kill Sodom and Gomorrah, they he wrestled. Yeah, with yeah. The angel or the angel wrestled with Abraham, and they, they yeah, wrestled, yeah. Like, I think the Bible is like twenty four hours. I can't remember, but there's the good. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe you. Yeah, I would say God, and then say an angel wrestling with yeah. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Prometheus shirt on you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing double advertising. <laughs> you know what? I can I can draw you the picture. I'll I'll work it. I'll just say anything yeah. to you think, just for fun, right? <laughs> I won't need blood hanging up. Your yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people look all these new prospects. Come look at their logo. It's pretty yeah. funny. Wow, you might actually get more clients that way, right? <laughs> like. They, 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 they seem to like the blood more for some reason. I don't know why. You know? Yeah. I get my nephews and my, my, my cousins always ask, I used to wrestle in the military. Did you lose a lot of They always have the same questions. And then none of them know each other. They go like, did, did you lose a lot of blood? What's with the blood? <laughs> yeah, they're clearly, they become very used to the MMA imagery. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Did you break the yeah. arm, Uncle Phil? Did you yeah, break yeah. the nose? And then, and then you say no, and they go, oh, really? <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah. They, they think of it in terms of a blood sport, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. The impression they get is, you know, the, especially the video games, like all the video games. Because a lot of these yeah, like, yeah. WrestleManias and all these they become video game arcade games after a while, yeah. right? You know? So it's funny. I mean, I, had, I remember I was doing a video with one of my nephews, my cousins. It was one of these uh, MMA things. So you get yeah. in the MMA game, you can pretend you could actually build a character to look like you, whatever. So he built yeah. a character. So he built a character to look like me before he came over, right? So like, <laughs> and he was, a, and he's good at. It. He's like, okay, let's start. I was like, I don't, I'm not good at like video games. So like he's like, he's like, I was a little eager beaver. He's like, only eight years old. Like, look at that, I'm killing you, Uncle Phil. Look at that, <laughs> look at this kid. Like, really? Who's your parents? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I work on the logo. So I just thought of Abraham working with wrestling with the angel, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a cool, cool uh, image. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people makes people kind of look right. I don't think it's ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have a podcast. There's, I haven't seen any podcasts about wrestling. I mean, not that I really look further, but I just list. There's them, there's some in the states. I don't think there's any in Canada. That yeah, it's something it's something new to like a new president. So I mean, you can like say for example, if you're just whoever gets to hire you, whoever you hire, yeah. be like a weekly or like an update everywhere on the you know Jay's wrestling pod or uh, yeah, you know like you know. Whatever logo you call, and then you can then people get in tune, they get used to it, like my show, like people get used to watching the show, and they get in tune to different guests and all that, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, I just thought about the uh, using podcast yourself, like you're not yourself, like we want you have no time, just get somebody to do it for you. You can have the guest star, like Jay, coming in, you know, <laughs> coming in with all yeah. dolled up, like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all super, you're all elite now, you know. I remember yeah, yeah, Jay yeah. coming in after 20 years, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh my god. So I got uh five minutes left. Do you anything want to add to your uh, to promote your uh, your gym open up in uh, Barbados? Are you gonna put any ads like any brochures? I can I can advertise it for you over here on the side. Yeah, I can I can send you some assets. Yeah, and you can yeah. you know do do we you, you want with it? I can I can send you some uh, some pretty cool footage of the Barbados Open and some of the club in Toronto. But yeah, it, it's it's been great talking, and I think um, you know it's. Sorry. Oh, so have you done any videos about the wrestling, like any videos of wrestling over there? Yeah, I don't. Did you ever see the documentary that that that, that 
that young man in Ottawa produced for us. Did they ever show you that? No, no. What is it called? Okay, let me. You know what? I'm going to find a link for that, and I'll okay. I'll, I'll send you that and uh, uh, yeah, I'll post some it, other yeah. gear around uh, the Barbados Open and the club actually recently. Okay. So, What's it about? Uh, the documentary. It, it's brief. I think it's about 15 minutes. But uh, this guy contacted me. It was probably around the same time you contacted me, or maybe just after, just before. But anyway, he said, look, uh, he's an Iranian-Canadian kid, but totally Canadian. Like, he grew up in Canada. And he said, look, I, I really like wrestling because, you know, my, my dad did it in Iran. And, you know, I want to come to your club, film an interview, and then you can use it for promotional purposes or whatever. Uh, I'll have my guys edit it. And he was in film school, I think, in Ottawa. Okay. And uh, so he came with a film crew. He sort of set up the lighting and they interviewed me. Um, and, and the result was great. Like, he did a great job editing it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to share it with you because... Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So you're... Yeah. This is after yeah. I, did, I did the interview, my first interview, last, this is after he did that? Yeah, I can't remember exactly when it was. It was sometime, like, I don't know, 18 months ago or thereabouts. But... Um, yeah, he was a nice kid. He, they just did a great job of it. Uh, I guess they're just very well trained, and they just asked me some questions and wanted to talk about it. And then they interviewed actually some of the kids at the wrestling club, some of the senior athletes. Oh, okay. I like to, I like to do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it was really cool actually. So, you know what? You know what? Did he have a name for the show or the episode or what? Uh, I think he called it. He I think he called it. Um, Yeah, there's a title for it, but I can't remember what it is. It's actually pretty clever. Um, but yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll post it. I can share it to everybody watching, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a lot of response when you did our first interview? Got about uh, two minutes. Did you, get a, did you get a lot of response from our first interview? After the interview? I think we certainly got some. We certainly yeah. got some. Okay. Yeah. Get more interested. Yeah, so th yeah, thanks very much. For yeah, no problem. Yeah, for, yeah. Happy to talk to you about wrestling. It's a huge passion. And Yeah, uh, I love, yeah I'm a wrestler myself. Retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From years ago, yeah. Just like people do. You know, I like promoting wrestling. I mean, we don't get enough a year promoting. I wish they put it on like locally, like all locally, even like like college, like college football. Like I wish that would be weird. College or college wrestling or high school yeah. wrestling. No, no. Like you said, all the Catholic school have it. <laughs> oh yeah, I know it was huge in the Catholic school system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many many years, but uh, maybe it's precisely because of the you know Abraham <laughs> wrestling the angel. <laughs> yeah, like that. I got a picture sending it. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I got uh, one minute and thirty seconds left. Anything you want to add, Jay, for yourself, just to uh, wrap it up here? Uh, yeah, I'll just maybe plug the club. You know, CentralTorontoWrestling.com, um, and uh, you know, soon to come, uh, Barbados Central Wrestling. Or Central Barbados wrestling. <laughs> so cool. it's uh, we're here on the south coast of Barbados, opening in mid January, and the club in Toronto is at uh, Greenwood Station. Do you have uh, a website for uh, the 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 Barbados wrestling? Uh not yet, but okay. uh, you the the Central Toronto wrestling site will direct you to some of that uh, media. I'll put your website again. It's a big Barbados one. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, got less less than one minute. So, Jay, I'm going to say goodbye to you for now. Great. Come back again. We'll do another one. I love talking with you. I love talking wrestling. Great. Thanks great. again, Phil. And we'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, and send me the link to that video. We'll, I'll I will. It, we'll post it on. So anyway, I will. Absolutely. Have a, have a good Christmas. I don't talk to you until the new year. Have a good Christmas. You and, too. Uh, good, good luck with your show for or your club in January coming up there. So, uh, Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Thanks for telling us. It was great coming back. We'll talk soon.